The 2020 MLB draft was really weird for, you know, obvious reasons. Let's go back and look at everybody's first rounder. Would they stick with it? Would they want to redo? And who had the best and worst classes? You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, award-winning baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. We're probably part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And I want this to be your show. If you have questions for Monday's mailbag, show ideas like today, tons of ways to get them to us. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Lockdown Farm. We have an Instagram. We have a Discord. We have subtext. We have email. It's all in the episode description. It's all in the show notes. Reach out to us. Let us know what you want to hear about and what, you know, what questions and show ideas you have. And Today's show came from a listener, but we are looking at the 2020 MLB draft. Obviously, it was only five rounds because there was a very abbreviated college season and a lot of high school seasons never really got underway, especially in cold weather locales. And teams were drafting a little bit in the dark, right? You didn't have up-to-date regular season information for, for prepsters. You didn't have a lot of the showcases going on past late February. And the college season was a lot of instances, 10, 15 games long. And I wanted to go back to look to see at for every first round pick in 2020, was it a home run pick? Would you absolutely, they did even better than you thought they would. Would you absolutely make that pick again? Is it too soon to tell? Or did that pick end up being cringe emoji? Number one overall pick, and the person who had the largest signing bonus for a while up until, I believe, this year, Spencer Torkelson, goes number one overall to the Tigers out of Arizona State. Had a, It took him a little bit to get going in his debut, but we've talked on the show before about how Tigers hitting development has gotten significantly better recently. It's not a home run, but I would argue that you would make that pick again. That was a good pick. You are fine keeping that pick um, in taking Spencer Torrelson. Heston Kierstad at number two to the Orioles. I'm going to say this is, you would do this again, right? I, I understand that you lost an entire season of development to myocarditis. And so he is a little bit behind as far as an age to level where you would expect him to be. But once he recovered from that, rebuilt, you know, rebuilt the power, got back into the rhythm of minor league baseball. Uh, He has progressed through the minors just as quickly as we thought he was going to when he was initially drafted. So I think you stick with this pick. I think that Hessen Kirstan has given you what you expected with the number two overall pick, uh, and you're not going to want to redo on this one. Number three for the Miami Marlins is pitcher Max Meyer. They took him out of Minnesota. A lefty, he got under slot value, but still $6.7 million on a value of $7.2. And I'm going to say this is probably would do it again, despite the fact that you haven't seen him in the bigs as long as you expected him to because of injury. 
right? Uh, it's something he pitched in two games. He got six innings this year in the majors. He, you know, and but leading into that debut, he looked like the pitcher you thought he was going to be. You could, I'd be fine if you wanted to say too soon to tell because of the injury and the fact you haven't seen him in 2023 and how long it'll take him. If you want to stick with a too soon to tell, I'm fine with that. It's definitely a too soon to tell on the number four overall pick, Asa Lacy, the left-handed pitcher to the Royals out of Texas A&M. He has been dealing with back issues since good early last year, right? He threw 28 total innings in 2022 and did not get on the mound in a regulation game in 2023. And so way too early to tell as far as What's going on here? What's the future for Oslo Lacey? Definitely the jury is still out, so this is a too soon to tell. The number five overall pick was shortstop Austin Martin out of Vanderbilt going to the Toronto Blue Jays. And the Blue Jays had an interesting draft, and this pick has already been traded. They've traded two of their picks in that draft, but uh, Austin Martin's obviously he's been traded. He's dealt with a little bit of injuries. He got just under 60 games in AAA for the Minnesota Twins this year and was fine. The power production didn't really come back yet, but it looks as of now, uh, Austin Martin at number five is still a too soon to tell because of some of the injury. He did debut at A the very next year after being drafted. Like it was very aggressive assignment and then got traded during that season because of some of the injury and things like that. Too soon to tell on Austin Martin, but it doesn't look like it was a wasted pick. Number six, this is our first home run. Emerson Hancock, the right-handed pitcher, out of the University of Georgia to the Seattle Mariners. Uh, yes, you expect a pitcher in the like pick number six overall to be good. And the thing is, I don't necessarily know if you expected Emerson Hancock to be this good, this soon. I know he only made three starts in the majors, but uh, he spent two years in AA Arkansas and looks to have everything that you're looking for as far as a premier piece in your rotation. You have a very young rotation. You are very happy with Emerson Hancock going at number six overall. Number seven, Nick Gonzalez out of New Mexico State to the Pittsburgh Pirates. I'm going to stick with a would do it again. Hasn't blown you away. Hasn't been bad. We're going to go with a with a would do it again. Robert Hassel by the San Diego Padres at number eight. High school center fielder has since been traded. Was part of that Juan Soto deal. He got you Juan Soto. So from a Padres perspective, you would do it again. From a Nationals perspective, may be a too soon to tell simply because his development has stalled a little bit this year. You've seen some struggles, and he's now looking like he's going to be competing for that last outfield spot with a couple other options in this system. He's been jumped by a couple other outfielders, but still has a chance to reach that develop to finish the development because he was a high schooler, so it is only three years since he was drafted, and obviously you had no competition in 2020. Number nine pick. Zach Veen to the Colorado Rockies. Very controversial player. There was a lot of folks in the prospect apparatus that are done with Zach Veen, that are out on Zach Veen, that are no longer believers 
in Zach Veen. I do think it's probably too early to tell as well. Again, a high school draftee, but for a guy that went in the in the top 10, you have to be a little bit concerned about the lack of power that you've seen from Zach Veen. He had only 46 games, again, injury, but uh, 308 slugging in those 46 games in Double A Hartford with the Yard Goats this year. It's going to be a too soon to tell because of the injury, but there's a lot of folks who were already out on Zach Veen. Reed Detmers, college lefty out of Louisville to the Angels at number 10. I'm going to call this a home run. Yes, top 10 pitcher. He has performed like a top 10 pitcher. He has given you what you have been looking for from a guy taking that quick, uh, that high in the draft, both as far as how quickly he made it to the majors and some of what he's been able to accomplish. I know his career ERA is just over four, but he has shown, especially last year when he put up a 3.77 ERA, he has shown that he has quality stuff. He struck out over 10 batters per nine innings this year, and the ERA was up. I think that was, some of that was the team around him. You've got to be happy with Reed Detmers at number 10. Garrett Crochet at number 11 to the White Sox, the first player from this class to reach the majors. He's also dealt with Tommy John. It's been a little bit of a mixed bag for him, and we have the White Sox coming up later when we talk about some of the best and worst classes. Uh, But I think you would do this again, right? You're still waiting to see him fully come back from injury. He's been pitching a lot in relief, but so somewhere between too soon to tell him would do it again, right? Number 12, Austin Hendrick, the right fielder out of high school to the Cincinnati Reds. As of now, this is, you could argue this is too soon to tell. I am on the side of this is probably a cringe emoji, the first cringe emoji that you have. 125 games in high A Dayton this year, batted 204, 271, 336 for Austin Hendrick. Hit 14 home runs. But just 185 strikeouts in 125 games, really struggled with swing and miss, and has really developmentally not shown that he is uh, ready to continue on and has not shown that promise you would expect from a first-round pick. Last guy we're going to get to before we go to a break real quick, Patrick Bailey at number 13, the catcher to the San Francisco Giants. Offensively, this is a would do it again. You're still developing the the offense from a defensive perspective. This is a home run. We talked about this earlier in the week. He was one of the best defensive catchers in all of baseball this year, not just among rookies, all of baseball, period. And so Patrick Bailey cannot be considered anything but a home run from a defensive perspective, and at least they would do it again from an offensive perspective because he was really hot when he first came up, and now it's just a matter of adjusting. And so either way, getting a premier defensive catcher has to be at least a would do it again, even with the offense, the place the, where it was. In just a minute, middle part of this, middle and late part of this round, a lot of interesting picks, including guys who are not with these teams anymore. We'll get to them next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world. You need to be prepared. Whether it is what's going on, whether like we've seen unrest in the Middle East, we've seen natural disasters like hurricanes in Florida, we've seen fires in Hawaii, and then just the general issues we've seen with the supply chains as far as uh, 
the Suez Canal can get blocked and all of a sudden you can't get stuff for six months. And so what the Jace case is, it's a really great idea. I've bought some gift cards for some friends so they can have these because they're travelers. I went ahead and ordered one and I have it at my home. It's a personalized emergency medication kit. It comes with five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on the needs of you and what you do. For instance, if you travel somewhere where there's a lot of your your amongst wild animals and you have a concern for something like lice or scabies, you can get ivermectin in there. There's a lot of different medications you can add based on your specific needs. It's completely customizable. There's dozens of different add-on medications. You just pick the ones that fit your family's needs. So go to jacemedical.com, enter code locked on at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code locked on at jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com. Okay, so looking at the back half of this draft, uh, of this first round, Justin Foscue goes at number 14 to the Texas Rangers. You absolutely would do this again, and that's without him debuting simply because he has looked so good in the minors that it is, we're pretty confident this is going to be a pick that works out for you. Uh, if nothing else, he provides you va- a valuable trade piece, which when we talk about best and worst classes, we'll get into that for the Rangers later. Uh, Mick Abel to the Philadelphia Phillies with the 15th pick. You have not seen him in the majors, so it's technically too soon to tell, but I feel like you would do this again. He's one of the, he's a top 100 prospect at pitcher. He's one of the higher rated pitchers in there, and I, I would fully expect to probably see him at some point in time next year, which is perfect timing because you could lose some pitchers in free agency. Ed Howard, the prep shortstop to the Cubs at 16. Controversial take. I'm going to say it's too soon to tell. He has had some very significant injury issues, and he was very well regarded in this class. He was seen as probably one of, if not the best prep shortstop option, and so they went chalk there. MLB Pipeline's draft rankings and draft board from that year show him as the number 15 talent on the board. They took him at 16. They paid him exactly slot. But he had a severe hip injury in 2022 that required surgery. He got 23 total games in in high A. When he came back this year, he didn't come back until June, and they were very slow to ease him back into competition. He would play two games in a week, very slow to ease him in and high a South Bend. And so it is too early to tell for Ed Howard because after getting 80 games in single A in Myrtle Beach in 2021, he got a combined 68 games in 22 and 23 because of that devastating hip injury. So too soon to tell. Number 17 pick, Nick York, prep second baseman, what he was listed as, to the Boston Red Sox. I'm going to go with too soon to tell. Again, another prep player who has not quite finished. He's not Rule 5 eligible yet. So you're not saying it's too late for him to contribute. I'm, I'm going to say too soon to tell on Nick York. He is He's on top prospect lists. He's in their top 10 prospects. You just haven't gotten him to the majors yet, and that is fine. 
Bryce Jarvis, the lefty pitcher out of Duke, to the Diamondbacks at pick number 18. I'm going to say you would do it again. I believe he debuted this year. Didn't look awful. Took a little bit longer than you expected, but he's there. Because of that, it's going to be a would do it again. Pete Crow Armstrong, the outfielder, number 19 overall to the New York Mets. If they could do anything over again, it would be not making that trade for Javi Baez and giving up Pete Crow Armstrong because, again, he is the best defensive outfielder in the minors. He made it to the majors at the very end of the season, and yeah, he struggled a little bit at the plate, but he has a ton of tools, very good player. They would absolutely, you make that pick again, and then you try to not trade him if at all possible. Yes, that's somewhere between would do it again and home run. I'm hesitating on home run simply because we want to see the offense at the major league level before we can call it a home run. Garrett Mitchell at number 20 to the Milwaukee Brewers. You got him up the end of last year, and he was injured, missed most of this season with a shoulder injury. You absolutely would do this again. The defense is real. He has not hit for the power that he hit in college, so we're trying to figure out what's going on there. Is it the transition from metal bat to wood bat? What is it? But still, he's been a very valuable piece. He may get moved this offseason because they've got so many outfielders. We may have that, had that show maybe two weeks ago. Jordan Walker at 21 to the Cardinals. This is a home run. Prep draftee in 2020, and he spent almost the entire year up at the major league level and looks like he's going to be a very good player. This is a home run, slam dunk, very easy. Let's do Let's say it. Let's move on. Cade Cavalli at 22 to the Washington Nationals. Dealt with some injury. You had him come up this year. He got a little bit of time. We're going to go with would do it again, despite the fact we're not going to see him for a while because of the injury. Carson Tucker, prep shortstop at 23 to the Guardians. I'm going to say too soon to tell, but there are a lot of people who are leaning onto the edge of cringe emoji with this pick. Same thing with Nick Bitsko, the pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays at 24. A lot of folks have not seen what they wanted to see from Nick Bitsko, and so the question now is, when are you going to see that? Is he going to be a piece of the Major League roster? Is he not? Obviously, Tommy John doesn't necessarily help with that, so it's it's going to be a while. Technically, too soon to tell. Uh, Jared Schuster to the Braves at 25. They're going to do this again. They got a major league starter out of him. This is the very the end of Atlanta saying, yeah, we're going to go out and get Wake Forest pitchers. They learned a lesson there. You can refer back to our draft talk when I talked about some of the Wake Forest guys and how they come out pretty much finished products already. So Atlanta would probably do this again, but if they could redo the first round, they'd take Spencer Strider in the first round and not the fourth. Tyler Soderstrom to the A's at 26. Prep guy, made it up this year. This is a would do it again. Very easily. Aaron Sabato at first base to the Twins, pick number 27. I'm pretty sure you would do that again. You haven't gotten the major league impact from him that you expected, but you would make that pick again. Uh, You could also, I could take an argument for too soon to tell. Austin Wells to the Yankees at 28 out of Arizona. You got him up to the majors this year. This is probably a would do it again, although I would also be convinced on a too soon to tell. Bobby Miller at 29 to the Dodgers out of University of Louisville. This is, I'm going to, I know it, it didn't go well, but he started a game for you in the postseason. This is a home run. This is a guy you got to the majors rather quickly. He was a key part of your rotation all year. And again, started a playoff game for you. This is a home run. 
and then Jordan Westberg to the Orioles with the 30th overall pick infielder out of Mississippi State. He's been up at the bigs all year. This is a would do it again. Not necessarily a home run because he hasn't had the everyday impact you would expect, but this is definitely a would do it again. In just a minute, let's talk about the best and worst classes and what makes some of these classes the best or the worst. We'll do that again right here on Lockdown MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Sleeper. The MLB playoffs are here, which means the clock is ticking on your chance to win 100 times your cash on Daily Fantasy Baseball. It's never been more exciting. You watch these games, Bryce Harper, Trey Turner, Evan Carter's been doing great stuff with the Rangers. You watch the Astros, Jordan is Jordan. It's ridiculous. You pick these stars. You pick more or less on stats for these guys. Home runs, hits, strikeouts, things like that. You can get up to a 100 times payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right and you could win big. So use promo code locked on. You'll get up to a 100R match on your first deposit. Now, terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details, but Sleeper is currently operational in over 30 states. So check out Sleeper today. Okay, so looking at some of the best and worst classes of this draft, uh, we have to talk about what the St. Louis Cardinals did. And there's a caveat in this. I'll get to that in a second. But the first four picks for the St. Louis Cardinals, Jordan Walker in the majors all year. Shortstop Mason Wynn in the majors by the end of the year. Competitive balance B, Tank Hintz, one of like their top pitching prospect, is expected to be up probably sometime next year, and he was a high school draftee. All three of those guys were high school draftees. And then Alec Burleson was their fourth pick He's been up for a year and a half, at least. And defensively isn't great, but can fill in at a bunch of different positions and has hit. Now, the caveat here is they had extra picks that year. They had two extra picks. So Walker was a first rounder. Wynn was a second rounder. Hence was a competitive balance round B. And Burleson was a compensatory pick after the second round. Their later picks haven't done as much. Levi Prater in the third. Ian Bedell, the pitcher out of Missouri in the fourth, although he had Tommy John in late 2021. And so had a good year this year in high A. Started 19 games, threw 96 innings with a 2-4-4 ERA and 106 strikeouts. He looks like he might still pan out. He's just behind the development curve because of Tommy John. And if that works out, that's five major leaguers from one draft. That's good in a 20-round draft, never mind in a five-round draft. So you feel good about that. The The Los Angeles Dodgers had a good draft. We talked about Bobby Miller already, but some of the rest of this, Landon Knack in the second round, Gavin Stone in the fifth round. There's three major league pitchers right there. Clayton Beater was a competitive balance pick that year. They've since traded him to the Yankees, but he's a promising prospect. There's four uh, major league either guys who are already up or who project to make it out of one draft. That is a good draft. The Texas Rangers absolutely killed it. They put a fast one on us, and then they killed it. So Justin Foscue in the first round, that's fine. Evan Carter in the second. I read a thing from Jim Callis about the going into the postseason where he talked about Evan Carter, and he said that was the only time that he's ever been confused about who a player was on like within the first couple rounds of the draft. He didn't even know who that was. And so 
for them to not only get him, but get him to the majors. He was a high schooler out of Tennessee. To get him to the majors by this point and for him to have such a great impact on the postseason, that is an absolute slam dunk. And then you look at two other picks that are promising ranked prospects. Takoa Roby out of high school, the right-handed pitcher. And the third, Thomas Sujaci, the infielder out of high school in California in the fifth. Both those guys have been traded. That's who they traded for Jordan Montgomery. But the point is, four guys who either have already made the bigs or project to be above average guys in the bigs in one draft, that is a very good draft for the Rangers. The Arizona Diamondbacks had a pretty decent one. They got Brandon Fott in the fifth round, started some postseason games for them. They got Bryce Jarvis in the first, pitcher Slade Sissoni in the second, and then third baseman, now outfielder, A.J. Vukovic out of high school in the fourth. He's in the Arizona Fall League. This looks like this could be a pretty decent class as well. So that one there. And then I'm going to give some flowers to the Atlanta Braves for what they did in the 2020 draft. Uh, Jared Schuster, I mentioned that out of Wake Forest in the first round. They didn't have a second round pick because they signed Will Smith, the reliever, in 2019. But he also closed like every postseason game for them when they won a World Series. You give up a second round pick to get a closer that would win the World Series for you. That's fine. Third rounder, Jesse Franklin out of University of Michigan. The only one we haven't seen in the bigs yet because the fourth rounder was Spencer Strider out of Clemson who led the league in strikeouts this year. And the fifth rounder was Bryce Elder out of Texas who was an all-star this year. So you got three guys that have already made the bigs. A fourth guy in Franklin that has not been Bad. He repeated double A this year because he lost some. He lost most of last season to injury, so he repeated double A this year. Two thirty two, three fifteen, four nineteen, fifteen home runs. Not great, not terrible. You can still see there's development of, of available there for Jesse Franklin. So good class. If you could redo it again, the only thing you do differently is you'd take Strider in the first round versus waiting until the fourth. And really. He was coming off of Tommy John. Nobody knew Spencer Strider was going to be Spencer Strider, except for maybe Spencer Strider. Flip side of this, some of the drafts that didn't go too well. I I already mentioned, I discussed their first round pick struggling, but the Chicago Cubs didn't really get anything out of their their first round or out of their 2020 draft as of yet. Ed Howard's been injured. They took Burl Curlway, college pitcher, lefty in the second. They took Michigan outfielder Jordan Nwogu in the third. They took Juco pitcher Luke Little, a lefty in the fourth, and Cohen Moreno, prep pitcher in the fifth. Haven't seen any of these guys in the bigs. Obviously, Ed Howard's rarely played. Luke Little projects like he may still be a guy that makes it to the major leagues, but as of right now, very underwhelming class for the Cubs. There obviously was something in the water in Chicago because the White Sox class was also not that great. Garrett Crochet, we mentioned him. He made the bigs really quickly. Dealt with some injuries. Jared Kelly, prep pitcher out of high school in Texas in the second. Addison Coffey, Juco pitcher in the third. Uh, Cade McCalls, a a college pitcher in the fourth. And then Bailey Horn, a lefty out of Auburn in the fifth. Horn is still a guy that looks promising. The The other three guys are all still in the minor leagues, but they haven't really gotten anything out of this class other than Crochet, and a lot of what Crochet's done has been relieving. Not necessarily a great a great class for you there. 
Speaking of teams in cities that start with C that didn't have great draft classes, the Cincinnati Reds had six picks because they had a competitive balance B pick. They took outfielder Austin Hendrick in the first, who uh, out of high school, he just spent the entire season in high A. Again, 204, 271, 336. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Not necessarily where you'd expect a 22-year-old outfielder to be. So a little bit of questions about the quality of that there. Christian Roa, pitcher out of Texas A&M in the second. You took two other college pitchers, a Texas Tech guy, a Notre Dame guy. You took a prep catcher with your competitive balance pick. And you took a high school outfielder with your fourth round pick. Haven't gotten really any major league contributions from any of these guys. Uh, you still have some time because it was a prep heavy draft, but still, got to figure this out. Houston Astros had four picks. We haven't seen any of them in the majors yet. They had w- one prepster in the first and the second compensatory. They had no first round pick, but second compensatory round, Alex Santos. We haven't we haven't heard from that pitcher yet. And then three college guys: pitcher Tyler Brown out of Vanderbilt, center fielder Zach Daniels out of Tennessee, and shortstop Shea Whitcomb out of UC San Diego. Doesn't necessarily look like that paid off so much. And then Tampa Bay struggled. Again, Nick Bitsko's been injured. But outside of that, Ian Seymour out of Virginia Tech. Alika Williams out of Arizona State. Hunter Barnhart out of, out of high school. Tanner Murray's my favorite pick out of all of these. The fourth rounder out of UC Davis. He's been a very useful infielder. Has jumped around a bunch of different positions. And I expect him to be able to be a... A utility guy at the major league level. I just don't know if it's going to be with Tampa Bay because they have so many utility guys already. Um, Fun fact, some of the winners here, according to MLB.com, right after the draft, they named the Tigers as one of the winners and said the Tigers' best pick was their fifth rounder, who was Colt Keith. Good job there. They also said the Orioles did a good job. They said the Guardians did a good job. Rockies, Marlins, and an honorable mention to Toronto and to the Phillies. It's very hard to draft a to get a grade for a draft right after the draft that makes a lot of sense. Usually those grades end up being compared to how we've evaluated these players. Did you do a good job at maximizing value? Because obviously for baseball, we don't know if they're going to work out or not. Fantastic week this week. Enjoy the games this weekend. Send us your questions for for our, our Monday mailbag. Again, tons of ways to do that. They're all in the episode description. They're all in the show links. And Until Monday's show, remember, it's always a great time to pay a minor leaguer. 